You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 8th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, welcoming you back here for a Friday edition of Locked On Magic. We'll talk all about and preview the Magic's game coming up against the Denver Nuggets here on a Friday evening. The Magic will play the Atlanta Hawks as well on Saturday. We won't talk so much about that game because we just talked about the Hawks yesterday. I encourage you to download yesterday's episode of Locked On Magic for a complete breakdown of that game as well as a few other issues. And then today I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Evan Fournier and how the Magic might go about replacing him and, and really kind of the bind that the Magic are in uh, on the injury front with Fournier out of the lineup. And then I'll talk a little bit about the defense uh, making some strides in the last three games. But of course, the place we do have to start is with Friday's game against the Denver Nuggets. Let's uh, go quickly into that. Uh, the Orlando Magic playing the Denver Nuggets uh, in an interesting spot, obviously, with Evan Fournier's injury. But the Nuggets also with their own injuries. Nikola Jokic is officially ruled out for the game, as is Paul Millsap, who underwent surgery. That has the Nuggets. That's Those are two very key players for the Denver Nuggets that are out. But despite all that, Denver is still scoring at a pretty solid pace. They're still one of the top offenses in the league. And yeah, not having Jokic has seen them drop a little bit. But this is a team that can still put up a lot of points. Remember, back when the Magic played the Nuggets in November, a 125-107 loss that really wasn't even that close. The Nuggets led 39 to 23 after one quarter. They led 70 to 47 after three after at halftime. And by then it was essentially cosmetic that the Magic were able to get close that thing down to 18. That was when the Magic were eight and five, by the way, the first game of the long losing streak. But in that game, you had a lot of different guys scoring that weren't Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap. Yes, Jokic still had 12 points, 9 assists, 17 rebounds, a huge reason why the Nuggets were able to win that game. But Jamal Murray had 32 points on 6-for-9 shooting. Will Barton had 20 or 6-for-9 three-point shooting, excuse me. Will Barton had 26 points in that game. If anything, that game proved how dangerous Denver's guards could be, and a lot of that came off of ball rotation and and all that, but the Magic's defense was not in good shape that night. It was a back-to-back coming back from Phoenix. Again, that was the first game of the nine-game losing streak. But Denver really worked Orlando that game, and it wasn't just about Jokic. It wasn't just about Millsap and the pressure they put on you. It was about the perimeter play. Denver is still a team that is scoring exceedingly well. In the last four games without Nikola Jokic, the Denver Nuggets have continued to put up some impressive offensive numbers. For the season, Denver is 7th in the league in offensive rating at 107.1 points per 100 possessions. In the last four games, the Nuggets remain 7th, and this is all without Jokic, at 112.4. The key difference with Denver has been their defense. Denver's defense has been a mess all season. It's been uh, also the case during this uh, during this losing stretch where it's been worse at 116 points allowed per 100 possessions. Denver the Denver's giving up 107.9 for the season. It's even worse on the road where Denver has really struggled to pick up wins. Denver on the season is well, let me pull up the stats here real fast. Denver on the season is 3 and 9 on the road. 
they're averaging only 102.6 points per 100 possessions and 112 and giving up 112.4 points per 100 possessions. Their defense does not travel out of the Mile High City. And that's kind of who this Denver team is. That's that's who they were last year even. They were sublime offensively, one of the best offensive teams in the league. But their defense was suspect, and, and Jokic isn't the greatest defender in the world. You know, they thought adding in Paul Millsap would shore some things up. They got some young guys in the back in the backcourt. You know, Wilson Chandler is a solid defender, but might be losing a step. Uh, you know, he's he's been in and out of the lineup with injuries all year. This is a Denver team that has a little bit of an identity. Definitely has some quality players but hasn't quite established themselves where they need to establish themselves if they want to take the leap that I think everyone thought they could take this year. There's a, the quote going around right now from uh, from some of the Denver reporters. Mike Malone, after the loss to the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday, was really livid about his team's defense. Um, he claimed after he claimed uh, earlier uh, on Friday or on sorry on Thursday that he really couldn't sleep. Um, after that game, he was in and out of sleep, you know, just really frustrated with his team's defense as, as that seems to have built. The Nuggets lost 123 to 114. They gave up 67 points. It was actually tied at 67 at halftime. Gave up 30 points, so 97 points through three quarters uh, as the Pelicans won the game. New Orleans shot 53.5% from the floor, 12 for 31 from beyond the arc, and 19 for 29 from the foul line, DeMarcus Cousins with 40 points, 22 rebounds. Uh, you know, the Magic aren't going to obviously have a, a, a kind of big hoss like that. But this is a Denver team that that is really struggling defensively. And that may or may not be what's uh, on the order for the Magic. I'll talk a little bit more about the Magic's defense of late in a little bit. Um, this will be one of the bigger challenges the Magic have faced recently. And so I'll, I'll, I will concede that point uh, gladly. But... Really, what 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 I think is going to be interesting is the Magic's offense has really struggled lately. I mean, it's 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 not been quiet. I, I would say um, it, it's been pretty clear that the Magic are having trouble generating consistent offense. I mean, look at what happened against Atlanta on Wednesday. You know, it was a 110-106 game in in overtime against one of the worst defenses in the league. Orlando is not getting points uh, at the rate that they need to get them. Their their three point shooting is starting to come back to earth a lot more than it was beforehand. Now you lose Evan Fournier, one of your top scorers. It's gonna, it's a legitimate question mark to ask where's the Magic going to get scoring. Since Terrence Ross came out, the bench scoring has just disappeared. And you know Frank Vogel, at, 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 he had an interesting quote in the Orlando Sentinel uh, today. You know, you know a lot of fans want him to stagger lineups. I want him to stagger lineups. I think that that's absolutely necessary for this team's success right now. But he said. He wanted to make sure Simmons was getting Jonathan Simmons was getting a lot of minutes with the starters to continue to integrate that starting lineup, and that's why he expanded his rotation a little bit. Um, which uh, the logic makes sense there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that logic. Whether that's the right decision is is, is another debate. But um, it, it it was poor timing that Terrence Ross went out just as the Magic made this lineup change. Uh, because you didn't get that time to integrate without giving up a lot off your bench. And the Magic's bench right now is, you know, stretched thin. There, there is no way to prepare, just like there was at the beginning of this uh, of this losing streak um, when the Magic were down, DJ Augustin and Alfred Payton. There's no way to prepare for losing two starters, for losing two quality starting players that you expect to do a lot. 
Um, it, it's asking a lot for your bench players. They're, they're bench players for a reason. It's asking a lot for them to step up and play at a high, at, at a super high level. And we'll, we'll get into that here in just a moment as we break down Evan Fournier's uh, injury and what that means for the Magic. So it's going to be an interesting clash of styles. Can Orlando's offense get themselves off the mat against a Denver team that really struggles on defense? Can Orlando's improved defense of late stand up to an offense that, that is a little depleted but is a strong offense on most nights? And then most importantly, can the Magic protect their home court, get another win, pick up another big win here, and then prepare for the back-to-back on Saturday in Atlanta? Should be a good one at the Amway Center. Tip-off is at 7 p.m., uh, at the Amway Center, of course, uh, as the Orlando Magic take on the Denver Nuggets. And like I said, it's going to be a big, big task for Orlando to replace Evan Fournier uh, in this upcoming stretch. It, it, he is just so vital to so much of what the Magic do. And while I think that there is a sense, is a sense to write the word? I think that there is a feeling, at the very least, that, you know, Evan Fournier's kind of run his course with Orlando, or, or or at least that, you know, that that Evan Fournier is not the player the Magic need playing the role that he's playing, and that, you know, sometimes he it takes the ball a little bit too much or tries to do a little bit too much uh, on, on the ball, um, and, and all that is possibly, probably fair. But... He's still probably he's still one of the Magic's most consistent players. He's still one of the Magic's top scorers at 18.3 points per game. He's been super efficient this year at 55.9% effective field goal percentage, 47.8% from the floor, 41.5% from beyond the arc. Still the Magic's best three-point shooter, um, in my opinion. The percentages may not bear that out, but I, I would trust Fournier as a three-point shooter more than Aaron Gordon still at this point. Um, and so replacing Evan Fournier is a huge task. And even before the Magic knew the extent of the injury, everyone knew replacing him was going to be um, a, a really difficult thing to do. Everyone's going to have to... Aaron, Aaron Gordon, I thought, put it best after the game Wednesday. Everyone has to step up now. That includes Aaron. That includes Vooch. That includes Simmons. That includes Peyton. That includes Aflalo. Everyone's going to have to pick up the slack and pull the weight. And I think Magic fans are... A little intrigued to see how they do that, and it's, it's gonna. And Frank Vogel said um, after practice on Thursday that it's gonna be kind of a by committee approach. Um, it, it can't be one guy trying to do it all every night. Everyone again, everyone's gonna have to pick up that rope and be next man up and and pick up the slack. But to 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 leave no doubt about this, the magic are going to miss something without Evan Fournier. When you look at the Magic's most used lineups, lineups that have played at least 25 minutes or more this season, Evan Fournier is in every lineup but two. And those two are DJ Augustin, Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier Jonathan Isaac, Terrence Ross, Nikola Vucevic. That lineup isn't available because... Jonathan Isaac is still out, and Terrence Ross is out. And then the other one is Aaron Aflalo, DJ Augustin, Jonathan Simmons, Maurice Spates, Bismack Biombo. That lineup has a minus 21.1 net rating. When you look at the whole list of Magic lineups and sort them by net rating, 
even including lineups that have played virtually no let's 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 only look at lineups that have played a fairly significant time together. So I'm not going to take lineups that have been together for a few minutes here and there. Lineups that have played together for let's say at least a quarter. And you look at the impact that Fournier has. Hey, you know he's going to be in a lot of those lineups because he's played most of the minutes. You know, the Magic's top lineup this year has been Shelvin Mack, Evan Fournier, Jonathan Simmons, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, plus 54.4 net rating in 35 minutes. Doesn't seem like they played together long. Those 35 minutes are spread across 10 games. Most of these lineups have Evan Fournier in them. And the other ones that you're looking at, you're like, why would the Magic start that? Because Evan Fournier is still essentially your be- your, one of your better players. I mean, it, it, you can look at lineup data till the cows come home, but it, it only tells you part of the story. You know, a lineup of DJ Augustin, Aaron Aflalo, Jonathan, Sims, Aaron, Jonathan Simmons, Aaron Gordon, Bismack Biombo has a plus 53.1 net rating, in 12 minutes over six games. Most likely, that's coming against second units for very short stints as the Magic are cycling through their starters. You know, your significant, your most probably significant lineup that's had success without Fournier is Shelvin Mack, Aaron Aflalo, Mario Azonia, Maurice Spates, Bismack Biombo. That's a plus 31 net rating. That's 31 points per 100 possessions in 31 minutes across five games. If that lineup went out onto the floor, I can tell you what a lot of fans would be thinking. Especially because it doesn't have a starter in there to kind of buoy things. The diagnosis on Evan Fournier is a sprained right ankle. According to Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, he was walking around at practice on in a cast. That's or not a cast, but a walking boot on crutches. My guess is that is precautionary to keep weight off his ankle. He was due to go for an MRI on Thursday. It's unclear how long he will be out. But he is definitely out for Friday's game. And Orlando is going to have to find a way to replace him. Or at least have someone pick up the slack. And a lot of their best weapons are not available to them. Terrence Ross is not available to them. This would be a perfect opportunity to slide Jonathan Isaac into the lineup. He is not available to them. And so Orlando's going to have to scramble. My guess is Aaron Aflalo will start. My next guess is Wessa Wundu will come off the bench. My next guess is that the Magic will keep their rotations very, very tight. That starters will be leaned on more heavily. And honestly... My other guess is that if this injury is prolonged and Isaac is not close to being back, and it's beginning to become apparent that Isaac's ankle injury is is much more serious than the Magic are letting on, if it becomes apparent if if it becomes apparent Fournier is out for a longer period of time, I would expect Jamel Artis to get a call up from the from the G League, if not for anything than a practice body to play on this team while they're home next week and and able to practice. A Monday call-up to be at practice on Monday, 
another practice Tuesday, be in the game Wednesday against against the Clippers, and then move on from there. You know, they play Friday against Portland next week. So, you know, you're yeah, I think a lot of people would be excited about Jamel Artis and, and he's played fantastic in the G League. But again, the options are slim here. It would not surprise me if the Magic do the unthinkable and play Aaron Gordon at some small forward just to fill the minutes. I I mean, that's that's kind of the desperation I think the Magic might be at. You know, whether whether Mario Azonia can give you anything, who knows? But you can tell you're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. And in this important stretch where the Magic need to pick up some wins, this is not the idea. And there's no ideal time for an injury, but this is definitely not a good time to have a major injury to a key player when your depth is stretched thin. It's it's going to be interesting to see how Frank Vogel plays this out. Building rotations, managing rotations has not been a strong suit of his, even dating back to Indiana. A lot of there are a lot of complaints and a lot of legitimate complaints about the Magic's rotations. And I would agree with a lot of them, to be honest. That's going to be tested even more now. He's going to have to keep a starter a key starter like a Nikola Vucevic or an Aaron Gordon or Jonathan Simmons or maybe even an Alfred Payton. He's going to have to keep someone in the in the lineup at all times just to keep the boat steady. If you're trying to win games, that's what you have to do right now. Because right now it's all hands on deck. Because losing Evan Fournier is a big, big loss. Obviously, there is still a, a lot to get to, uh, and 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 a lot going on with this team, and 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 you know the the team is you know there, there's been a narrative coming out about the team, and, and the team's been saying about themselves that you know we feel like we're making progress, we we feel like we're moving in the right direction, and you know to be honest, it, it, that is something I agree with. I think the Magic are moving in the right direction. I think there are clear signs that they are, but at the same time as well. You have to recognize that these are really small sample sizes, and you do have to recognize that the last three games they played against the Hawks, one of the worst teams in the league, no offense, Atlanta, um, playing against the Knicks without Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kristaps Porzingis, and playing against, I think the Hornets are still a good team, and uh, I think they're a very good team, but a Hornets team that had been struggling and had just gotten Kemba Walker back from injury. So yeah, there are a lot of grains of salt with how the Magic are playing lately, even dating back to the Indiana game, honestly. I think they, they were playing a little bit better. Um, you know, Golden State and Oklahoma City. Golden State, you can throw everything out the window. I don't think you can draw much from that game, but Oklahoma City... Team that's struggling a little bit offensively, but obviously a lot of star power. But over the course of the last few games, the Magic are starting to show some ability to rebound from their biggest weakness. While everyone's focused on the offense and the Magic returning to normal offensively, uh, uh, it's, it's the reason the Magic have lost all these games and the reason the Magic have fallen off the face of the earth is because they're de- of their defense. 
the Magic, for nearly the last month of the season, have had the second-worst defense in the league. And it's been a struggle to get their defense back under control. A lot of a lot of the conclusions have been the same conclusions that we've been making for the last two or three years. You know, Nikola Vucevic isn't a strong enough rim protector. He doesn't have the lateral mobility to guard pick and rolls. Alfred Payton dies on screens. He can't keep keep opposing point guards out of the paint. Evan Fournier is just a little slow laterally. You know, there's there's no strong defenders on the perimeter, and the whole thing kind of collapses without a rim protector to clean up mistakes. Those conclusions are still there, and honestly, they're still valid. But what I think has changed is the Magic have had some renewed focus and renewed energy defensively. And with all the caveats I just said about the schedule, because Atlanta, again, one of the worst teams in the league, New York without Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kristaps Porzingis, the, the top two scorers, and the Charlotte Hornets for... All that they have with Kimball Walker are one of the worst offensive teams in the league. But in those three games, the Magic defense has shown some encouraging signs. Against the Hawks, the Orlando Magic gave up 96.5 points per 100 possessions. That is really, really strong defense. The Magic would not win that game without their defense. And things could have been much worse if not for their defense. Their defense was the impetus for their comeback in the fourth quarter and their ability to win that game. They still made mistakes. There was a silly foul with the Magic down by one that gave the Hawks a three-point lead that the Magic had to bury the, dig themselves out of. But they played some pretty good defense and things are moving in the right direction. In the loss of the Charlotte Hornets on Monday, the Magic gave up 98.5 points per 100 possessions. Even with all the fouling, Gave up, giving up, what, 40 free throw attempts? Even with all the fouling, the Magic put themselves in a position to win that game because of their defense. They were down in that game too, remember. And really the only reason Charlotte was able to win that game was because of the Magic's fouling, which does have something to do with their defense, so don't give the defense all the credit in the world yet. And the Magic's turnovers, which you maybe can't account for defense with that. Sunday's win against the Knicks was also a strong defensive performance. They gave up 98.6 points per 100 possessions. So you take these data points and you add them, and you don't add them up, but you see a little bit of a through line here in the last three games at least. With all the caveats and everything else, the Magic have been playing pretty good defense lately. And if you don't believe me there, against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Magic gave up 106.7 points per 100 possessions, which is below the Magic's average of about 107 points per 100 possessions. Again, I'm throwing out the Warriors game. It doesn't count. So it does seem like the Magic are trending in the right direction defensively. You know, Nikola Vucevic attributed it to um, the team bringing up its aggression. They're playing a lot more aggressively and physically. They're they're creating a little bit more havoc, which I think is a good thing in the end. They're scrambling a little bit better to challenge shooters and might knock them out of rebounding position. But they're getting they're playing with a lot more energy, focus, intensity, and yeah, hustle. Something that maybe hasn't always been the case. I think F- Frank Vogel said it said at one point on Wednesday. 
you know, Vucevic is playing better defense right now. You know, he's, he's done a lot of really good things offensively. His defense, he's had to stay on him defensively. But Vucevic is going through a stretch where he's playing really good defense right now. And that is bared out in the numbers. You know, Orlando is not great at protecting the rim. Not at all. And it's a big thing that the Magic are lacking. For the season, they give up 64.1% shooting at the rim, and Nikola Vucevic gives up 63.4% at the rim. Among centers who average at least 28 minutes per game, that is the fifth worst mark in the league. But in the last three games, Orlando's given up 56.8% shooting at the rim. And Vucevic has been much better as well. The four blocks that he had against the Hawks, a lot of those were coming at the rim. He was changing shots and using his verticality well. There were times last year where Vucevic got that under control and started playing at that high level defensively or playing at the highest level we've seen him play at defensively. And it was disappointing to see him kind of slip back a lot this year, get stuck in no man's land on pick and rolls, not make decisions, not kind of get after it. He's playing a little bit better, and you can tell the difference on the floor when he's really not, not when he's dialed in for him, at least defensively. Just generally, Orlando's executing better on the defensive end. And so, the question is, can you do this against a more legitimate offense, like the one the Magic will see on Friday against Denver? And can you continue this on when your shot comes back? Because as good as the Magic have played defensively the last three games, they have been god-awful on offense. And that's definitely something the Magic are going to be looking at to change, too. The pendulum's kind of swung back to where the focus is so much on the defense that the Magic's offense has slipped a little bit. And honestly, it's 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 been because of they're not hitting shots. I mean, the Magic missed their first nine three-pointers in the game against the Hawks, and they were good looks. So, you know, an offensive explosion could come from this team, even without Evan Fournier, although it'll be much tougher. And so the offense is going to take a hit. But that's when the Magic will rely on their defense a little bit more. Aaron Aflalo is a solid defender. Not elite defender, not put him on LeBron defender, but he guards his position well. And so the Magic are going to rely more heavily on their defense now in this stretch. And the good news is it does seem like it is trending back in the right direction. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. If you have not subscribed yet, please do and leave us a five-star review and let us know what you think of the show. We appreciate all the comments and uh, and uh, uh, reviews of the show. It helps uh, everyone find out about Locked on Magic. Uh, as we as we try to climb the iTunes rankings and defeat that evil Disney podcast. Um, <laughs> um, when you search Orlando Magic, the Disney podcast comes up, and so we want to beat them. Um, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore 
OMD. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We'll be back again Sunday afternoon at noon on the Orlando Magic Daily for our weekly Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. We'll talk all about this weekend's games, how the Magic are looking without Evan Fournier, and what to look ahead in a good and a very important week for the Magic as they try to build some wins at home, finally at home, uh, and get themselves back into the playoff race, which again, I don't think they're out of quite yet. So let's, uh, let's, let's hold the doom and gloom for a little while longer. That'll be at noon up on the Facebook Live, of, uh, on Orlando Magic Daily's Facebook Lives. Go to facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. And if you miss the live, you miss the ability to interact with me there, you can always do so on Twitter and listen to the Facebook Live in its entirety on Locked On Magic on Monday. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. Have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 